do you know the difference between people who succeed time and time again and who is just a one-trick pony? Well, today's guest comes from a trading and investment background and will be speaking about how the best of the best succeed time and time again and sheds light on how you can do that too. Hi, my name is Vindya V. This is Art of the Extraordinary, the podcast for those of you who's ready to play a much bigger game and leave an extraordinary legacy behind. I'm glad you're here and it's time to make your quantum leap. My guest today is Anmol Singh. He made his name as a high-paid consultant in the trading and investing industry and specializes in trading psychology. He launched Live Traders in 2015, which is now voted the number one trading education firm for three years in a row and has coached and trained over thousands of traders and investors, some of whom have now gone on to run their own hedge funds. He's recently come up with his book, Prepping for Success, and here he is to tell us more about that. So Amal, what's the difference between someone using their innate talents for success and someone who's not doing that and going about things, achieving success in whatever the form, the traditional way? I think people, you know, going about it the traditional way and not focusing on their inner talents usually is like because of all the social, you know, dilemma, right? People have their expectations of, you know, what someone should be, as well as people nowadays going on social media and looking at others, other people's lives and thinking that's what they should aspire to get to rather than focusing on what they're really good at. So I think when you find what you're really good at, what you're naturally gravitating towards rather than what you think you should be, I think that's true success. Mm. Well, I want to talk a, a little bit more about, you know, how this relates to trading context, because that's one of the things that I'm really interested to talk to you about. But before I do that, I just want to ask you, how did you get into trading and how did that journey start? And uh, what was your experience like? I started trading in, uh, when I was in college. Um, you know, I was in college and I joined Entrepreneurship Society and, you know, we met a few people in there who were talking about the stock market and everybody was really curious as to, you know, how it works. Then I went to, you know, the university society's office to see if they have any trading or investment society. And they said, hey, we don't, but why don't you start one? So, you know, that's how it really started, um, started investment society in college. Uh, and we just met a group of people who were really curious, read books together, learned. And then eventually I started writing for uh, Yahoo Finance while I was in college and uh, Motley Fool. And then, you know, then I decided that I actually want to be more of a trader than an investor because when you're starting out, you don't have a lot of money. Sure, you can grow your money by investing, but it's going to take a long time for me to sustain that. So I said, I want to get into trading. And uh, currently I have a partner, Jared. He was actually my mentor at a time he was uh, teaching at a trading firm. I purchased one of his courses. He mentored me. And then, you know, from there it just took off. He really helped me one-on-one. And now we're partners at uh, our business together. Mm. And from what I understand, you have now the, the education um, program and, and the company where you are educating traders into how to actually do it in a way that you have a long-term success. Right. So, you know, now one of the things that we wanted to do with my partner was, hey, you know, what did you do to cause, you know, I guess me to succeed in this marketplace? Because a lot of people don't make it in this business. You know, there's a high turnover rate. So I was like, whatever you taught me, let's turn it into an educational program because it clearly worked. 
right? I'm your case study right here. Let's team up together. And then, you know, let's teach people what it actually takes to succeed, not what they think. You know, I think these days that you're promoted, you know, strategies talking about, hey, make a million dollars overnight or, you know, get rich type of schemes. Whereas we showed people what real trading actually looks like, wins, loses, everything like that. And we would actually do it in front of them, like sitting right next to them online or on a webinar. And then they can actually see us trade. And I think that causes the, uh, you know, the learning curve to go down much further. Mm. Well, I, I hear when you say like a lot of people just want to like have the overnight success, right? Um, I think we have been doing that for um, probably, you know, a couple of decades now that we go, oh yeah, if you want to trade, you know, it'll be, it will be just pretty quick as if, you know, like you're just going to succeed for sure. But I guess the reality is slightly different because like, just like with anything, I guess it takes time and certain strategies and certain education levels to not, not, not formal education, but some sort of structure to actually be properly doing it. And that kind of leads me to asking about the trading psychology, because that's one of the things that you talk about a lot. And I'm really keen to know more about it. How is trading psychology? Like what's the difference in, in a person who is trading really well and having long-term success and somebody who is just, you know, like basically just playing a guessing game or um, really like just playing with their money. Right. You know, trading uh, and trading a plan is really important. Just like you're getting into business, you need a business plan. You know, you need coaching around different areas of business, marketing, sales, same thing in trading. Like you have to have a trading plan you know, knowing when to get into a stock, when to get out, more importantly, and then, you know, how to control your losses, how to manage your account. So there's a lot that goes into trading and, you know, learning is the biggest part of it. I think these days people think, I, I got a great stock trip from this person, now I'm suddenly a trader. Or Bitcoin's going up, I buy Bitcoin, I'm suddenly a trader. But that doesn't really make you a trader. You know, a trader is somebody who does it for a living, does it for a profession and a trading plan and a strong mindset that can actually follow that trading plan is another thing. Because a lot of people can create a plan or they might even take one of our educational programs. You might give the plan, but then now they have to actually do it because nobody else can, you know, push the button for them. So, you know, they have to, you know, be strong enough to follow their plan, stay disciplined and not deviate from that plan, even when it feels like you should. Mm. Well, other than um, having a plan in place and then sticking to the plan, what are like some of the other like psychological factors that comes into play um, when you are doing this successfully? Right. I think one of the mindsets that people come into, which causes them great harm is the, you know, the ego, the wanting to be right. You know, they want to be right more than they want to make money because a lot of people come in, they buy a stock, the stock goes down. They're like, no, it's going to come back up. They get married, you know, to the stock or their investment rather than objectively looking at it and saying, hmm, maybe there's time to get out or having loss limits in place. You know, I think a lot of people made a mistake during the crash when you know, the market was going down and they kept buying more. They kept buying more, you know, to get their average price lowered. But instead, what they kept on doing was putting in more risk. And as the market, you know, kept going down they got fearful and then they sold right at the bottom and then the market went back up. So I think having a plan is really important. Otherwise you'll just be pressing random buttons and you will not get consistent results. 
Mm. Well, now that um, you guys have been coaching uh, traders who's done really, really well, had made lots of money, um, I'm sure you, you've seen a lot of them and you've also seen the other side of people who's actually, you know, either not following your guidance or either they're just you know, not sticking to the plan. Um, are there any like key differences that you can tell by looking at these people, the, the two different types that makes them different? other than the, the things that you already mentioned? Yeah, I mean, I think a, a strong mindset, you know, that is discipline is the biggest difference maker I see. Because again, f- first we talked about having a plan. Second, then we talked about following the plan. And the third one is the discipline aspect, which is a plan or a trading plan will always have ups and downs, right? So to realize that those will happen and the ability to be able to ride those ups and downs rather than doing the wrong thing when it's you know, going down, a lot of people keep holding on to their losses. And that's the biggest difference maker. I see that professional traders, you know, can admit their loss, can take their loss, move on to the next trade. And they always live to fight another day rather than putting all their eggs in one basket. Mm. I guess the, this advice goes for like even in general business because it's about knowing when, I don't know whether it's a product or an offer or a business in general, um, knowing when to cut the losses and knowing when to objectively look at things and say, okay, this is working or not working or what's the next step rather than being emotionally attached to it, I guess. Right. It's almost like, you know, if you start a business which works um, only during Christmas time, right? You sell Christmas trees. Mm. So then you shouldn't be sad if you're not selling Christmas trees in the summer, you know, or in June. You know that your business is only going to work in that time. So every trading strategy also will have its ups and downs. Every business will have its ups and downs. Knowing when to you know, go bigger when it's in the upswing and then maybe do something else on the downswing is a difference maker. So it's exactly like a business. Mm. Well, um, now I know that you are also involved in other entrepreneurial ventures and you know, like franchise stores and, and real estate as well. Just tell us a little bit more about you know, what that looks like. Sure. So, you know, um, my first business was always trading, you know, started trading for myself and then also for other people. Then it went on to starting an education firm, Live Traders, where we, you know, teach and train people. And then, you know, for me, a lot of my businesses like trading, teaching, it's a pretty, uh, it's a business that it's me, my partner. We have a very small, a small team, three or five people. Um, but I wanted to always create something, you know, it felt like, I'm doing everything. I'm making a good amount of money, you know, just from home. I don't really need to, you know, grow or have a team. But then there was a part of me that wanted to grow, wanted to also expand and do other things. And that's when I got into real estate, um, you know, getting apartments or commercial real estate, either renting it out or opening a business on the commercial real estate. So, for example, would be uh, recently we had a um, acquired a property, uh, you know, 10,000 square feet facility. And uh, on that property, we ended up opening up automotive uh, service center you know, which services over, I would say like uh, over a hundred cars every single week that we work on. Um, and that helped me grow into a physical aspect of the business. Now I have a big team, you know, 10, 15 people. And now we're looking to open other stores across New York and across the East coast. And, uh, you know, it feels good to keep going because, uh, trading really only takes one or two hours a day for me in the morning when the market opens. And now I'm able to use my spare time, you know, rather than just uh, going out, I travel, I, you know, looking at other businesses and that's, uh, that's my long-term goal. How, 
is trading different to real estate? I, I know that there are differences, but I, what I mean by is like principle wise, um, what are like the key differences and how does the transition, like are there aspects of trading that you would use in real estate or what are like the differences? So they're similar in the way that you're betting on prices to go up or your stock or your real estate to pay you income. So the expectation is the same. The only difference is that real estate are usually much bigger transaction that go for a longer period of time. So you might be holding a property for two, three, four, five, six, seven years. Whereas a stock is something that you can get in and out of every single day. So sometimes we do day trade, which is pretty much every single day. When the market opens, we buy and sell the very same day. So I might get into a stock, I'll be out two minutes later. So since the market is fluctuating and there's always buyers and sellers, you can do it a lot more frequently. Whereas real estate, you might only do one, two or three deals a, in a, a year. Whereas uh, trading, you can do it every single day. And that, that helps you create income. Whereas real estate is more for growing you know, an account or growing a nest egg, you know, uh, growing a good amount of wealth. But um, for income, trading is a great way to go. Mm. Yeah, because I guess when it comes to real estate, the, the cycle, the real estate cycle is much bigger. Um, sometimes it could even go for 10, 15 years. Um, for something to kind of be realized as opposed to in trading, which could be just a day or even a minute thing. Right. And even, you know, your fees, because if you buy a seller property, you know, there's a fees involved, you pay a fee to the broker, you know, the, all the lawyer fees, closing fees, all those fees, but it's trading these days, brokerage, you know, they, uh, they charge $4 per trade. So it's uh, the cost to getting in and out is very low. And uh, you know, that makes for it uh, as a great business. Mm. Well, now that you're venturing out into doing other businesses and looking at other opportunities, like how do you know when a business is right for you? I think the business is right for you if, A, you're passionate about it, you're excited about it, that's something that, you know, you genuinely want to do. And then more importantly, something that you're genuinely good at, you know, and that's where self-awareness comes in to take a look at, hey, is this something that I, I'm really good at? Like, am I one of the best out there for this? Or can I be? the best out there for this. Or you're thinking, yeah, I think I might be able to do it. So, if you, you know, that mindset difference, the way you go into it, you know, tells you a lot as well as, um, you know, can you see yourself doing it for the five, you know, for the next five, 10 years and be happy with it? That's another thing. Because I think these days, uh, especially in social media, people see somebody doing something and then they want to do the same thing. You know, now they want to be an influencer or, you know, now they want to write a book and they're falling somebody else's ideas of what their life should be like. And I think they need to decide, sit with themselves, you know, take a deep breath and just find out what you really want to do. Mm. Well, what kind of hurdles have you personally faced in throughout the journey, whether that was trading or teaching other people to trade or now in real estate and other business franchises? Um, what hurdles have you faced and how did you overcome them? I think the biggest hurdle obviously was being patient. You know, uh, you have to realize with anything new that you start business, trading, podcast, write a book, that you have to be patient to see those results. You know, people, again, as going back to what I was saying earlier, you know, people, somebody seeing successful, like being really successful and they want to be like that, but they don't realize, you know, what it took to get there and also how much time maybe it took them, right? Because people see the instant result. They see the finished product. They don't see the work in the making, the work in progress. So, um, they re, you know, patient was the biggest hurdle for me because uh, when, uh, when I was starting to trade, I didn't make any money my first year. I was still figuring it out. You know, I probably lost money my first year, 
Now I could have quit, you know, but I somehow managed to get my patients in order. And now that has turned out to be one of the best businesses. In fact, the, my first and only business I was trading. So, you know, I think persistence and uh, patience is the biggest key. Even with my retail business, you know, it took two years to get to a point where it started to break even. And now in third and fourth year, it's going to be extremely profitable. And again, patience was another one of the factors. Well, in the beginning of whether it's trading or real estate or any other business, so you were saying that even if you're like losing money, how do you know whether you're losing money because it's not right for you or you're losing money because you just need to give it more time? How do you know the difference? I think the difference happens when you're honest with yourself. So you ask yourself, hey, am I really doing everything that I can, right? Or am I hoping for things to happen, right? So if I'm doing everything I can, and it's a proven model. So the only, again, another question you need to ask yourself is, are there people in this industry doing well, right? If the answer is yes, then, well, there you go. The customer base is there. It's a viable industry. Now, the only need, question you need to ask yourself then is, can I do that, right? Am I willing to do what it takes to get there? If the answer is yes, you keep going. And if the answer is no, or you think you can do it, you know, then uh, that's the time to perhaps move on. Mm, I guess that's where the point that you mentioned before, which is passion comes in, because if you're not passionate about something, you're not going to be willing to, um, I guess, weather out the storms or whatever the tough times when it comes. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. Well, what would you say is like the unique skill set or the superpower that has helped you to become the success you are today? <laughs> I think uh, I wouldn't really call it a, um like a superpower, but uh, I would just say, you know, when you spend time reflecting, you know, so I think turning off your phone, turning off the electronics for like just 10 minutes a day, right? Turning that off and just sitting with yourself and, you know, thinking, what do I really want? What's my passion? What's my purpose? You know, where am I going? I think just asking those questions to yourself, um, I think that would be my superpower is, you know, be willing to do that. And uh, be willing to just follow whatever, you know, my, uh, my heart desires. Following that, I think, is my biggest, uh, I guess, asset. Mm. Well, one of the things that you talk about uh, in your book as well is that um, recognizing in others what they need to best understand you as well. Can you tell a little bit more about that? Sure. So, you know, what I mean by that is... Um, because you could be somebody or you might, you know, aspire to be somebody, but now being able to communicate that uh, with others, not just through the words, but also through, you know, your body language and more so uh, through your actions, right? Letting others know as well, you know, uh, or how they, you want to be seen in others' eyes. You should be showing that through your actions, words, body language, everything. And um, that really comes by integrity. So being a person of integrity, being a man or woman of integrity, and uh, doing what you said you were going to do and then doing it when you said you were going to do it and, you know, leading by example, making your word mean something. I think that's the uh, difference maker. Well, can you give an example of when, when you don't communicate it properly in whichever the form um, that the, the result that it got as opposed to yeah, when you did, whether that's your actions or your body language or what, the words you speak um, that, that you did get the result or didn't get the result. Right. I think what people currently do, what most people do is they try to communicate that through their words. You know, they take credit for themselves and they um, communicate it in a manner which comes across like, you know, just words. 
but I think those went backed by action, right? So not really, uh, you know, going out, you know, saying people how successful you are or how good you're doing. Let your actions speak for you. So are you taking actions, right? Be a person of example, somebody that somebody will want to emulate. So you, you know, you lead by example, you go out, you take action, uh, and you do what you said you were going to do. So whatever you're talking about, whatever you're teaching, um, you're actually doing it in your real life. I think, uh, your actions will speak louder than anything ever can. Yes, this goes back to the point that you mentioned before, which is about actually, you know, being honest with how much it's going to take and whether you're willing to do what it takes. Because a lot of people, yes, they may seem like they are an overnight success, but 99% of the time, um, they've, it's taken years for them to get to where they are. It's just that people normally see the snowball effect of, you know, like the, the stage that they're at, which is actually a lot of results coming through, but it didn't start that way. So I guess it's being honest about yourself of what you're going to be like and how you're going to deal with things as well. hundred percent, you know, hundred percent. Like uh, it, it's one of the most important aspects um, of success in anything. Hmm. Well, um, tell us a little bit more about the book. Um, what, what, what made you want to write this book? I, you know, I wrote a book that I wish somebody gave me like 15 years ago, uh, you know, would have made everything a lot more easier. And this is just a compilation of, um, everything that I've learned through my journey, everything I've gathered, you know, I'm always constantly working on myself. I call myself a work in progress. I, you know, invest a lot of money in um, networking events, workshops, attending events. And I think that causes a lot of people to grow. But I also realize not everybody can, you know, either afford their time or their money, you know, to do a lot of personal development. You know, uh, a lot of people don't want to read books. There's a lot of great books out there, but the information is filled with a lot of fluff. And, you know, a lot of people do not have, really have genuinely don't have the time to go through all of that. So what I really did is I just sort of compiled everything that I've learned through my journey, through my personal development, through things I've learned from other people, and just put it in a small book, which is followed by action steps. So every chapter, before you can move on to the next chapter, there's a set of three or four things or actions you have to take before you can move on to the next chapter. And I try to create it in a way that people read it and, you know, it doesn't feel like, you know, one of those books that they buy, they go through like the first chapter and never read again. It was try to make it fun, lighthearted, and uh, every chapter is followed by an action step. And I think if you can do that, now you're actually reading the book as it should be, unlike other books that people would read. And then they say, oh, that was interesting. That was a great book. But then they never do anything that's taught in the book. Okay, so what would you say is the best advice you have been given? Best advice I was given was uh, by one of my mentors. I was uh, him. And um, one of the things he always used to ask me, like, by when? You know, there was the biggest accountability question. By when? So I would say, yes, I want to be healthy here. But okay, by when? <laughs> you know, and then and that was the most probing question. And I kept on, you know, pushing it back, pushing it back. And one day he told me something, which was the best piece of advice. He's like, you know, Anmol, you're not a person of integrity. You know, you don't do what you said you were going to do and you don't do it when you said you were going to do it. And then that clicked with me right then and there that if people just live a life of integrity, including myself, and we did exactly what, you know, we wanted to do and we actually did it. I mean, think of how much better your life would be. You know, think about 
if you did everything, every single thing that you wanted to do or every uh, thing that you said you will do and you actually did it, the quality of life would improve tremendously. And being a person of integrity has um, you know, greatly improved my quality of life. And I guess um, it, it is about um, the, the moment that you ask the question by when, then most of the time things that we say that are wishes become, you know, real things that you would actually go out and achieve. Because most of the time, what, what we say we want is merely wishes. We're not doing anything about it. Right. I mean, yeah, exactly. By mentioning it, by when you want to do it, by putting a deadline, you turn that hope or dream into a goal. And a goal is attainable, whereas a vision hope might not be. So, you know, it creates, it makes it more realistic and attainable. And I think um, that's why it's really important. Mm, of course. Um, well, what kind of weaknesses did you have to come to terms with um, when you were growing through this experience and you keep on doing basically? Uh, persistence and not, you know, focusing on the negative side of things, you know, because as I said, my first year, I wasn't really doing that well. I could have quit. And it was pretty, um, I guess, not a good feeling for me when I used to attend, let's say, a family gathering or um, I attended like a party and somebody was like, hey, you know, Mo, are you still doing that trading thing? <laughs> and how's it going for you? And kind of looking at you funny. And, you know, and you can't really say anything because you're like, well, you know, you can't really say I'm not really making any money. You know, and I didn't, I just always shied away from that question, but I knew in my heart that, you know, the strategy works. There's other people out there making money in trading. Otherwise it wouldn't be the biggest financial market of the whole world. Everybody's doing it. So there are people who clearly doing well. I just need to know what they're, what they know and what they're doing and just cultivate the habits, cut out my mistakes. And I knew that by year two, I will be, uh, I will be, you know, getting to a point where I'm profitable. And that's exactly uh, what happened. I stuck through it. I followed my strategy. I improved every day worked on my weaknesses and by year two or year three, uh, those same people would call me asking if there's an available position. <laughs> well, that's, I guess that's, that's one of the really, really big things, especially when you're getting started, like a lot of people around you are not of the same mindset. So they would be putting all sorts of doubts into your head because you know, they're not there and they haven't gone out and done what you want, what you're doing. And they haven't been brave enough to do what you want to do as well. So I guess their way of them feeling safe in the first place is to ask you questions as well. So I guess breaking through that would be probably the biggest hurdle that everyone faces. Exactly. You know, cause it's not normal. Normal life is going to college, you know, getting your degree, getting a job, you know, getting a promotion and then sticking through that, you know, corporate, you know, circle, which is fine. Nothing wrong with it. But for people who aspire, you know, more or have something that they really are passionate about, uh, it, it's not a, it's not a safe path. You know, there's some obstacles to it, just like anything in life. But uh, persistence, when you overcome that hurdle, you know, you are, a bit, you are able to overcome it. You know, you just have to be, you just got to say it. You know, you got to say what you really want and follow your path and you will overcome any obstacle that comes your way. Once you're passionate about it, you're motivated, uh, no obstacle uh, will seem like a hurdle. Mm. Honestly, I personally think that no one in this world is born here to be doing the whole nine to five. I personally don't believe that. I think we're just conditioned to think that, conditioned to think that, yes, we want security. We want the house, the car and uh, whatever else that the society tells you. But I don't think that we're born that way, but, but we're just merely conditioned and everyone believes that that's how it should be. But that's up for argument. <laughs> 
<laughs> for sure you know that's how we're conditioned um the whole med uh, you know uh system is kind of created to create workers mm. um but nowadays the trend is changing i can see the consciousness moving in a different direction where now more and more people are starting their own thing working from home or following their passion so it, we're moving in the right direction yeah yeah and uh, asking the questions what do i really want do i really want the big house with the yard and the kids running around and do it? I, i guess we're starting to ask the right questions now exactly the conversation is definitely moving in the right direction and through podcasts like yours um you know the conversation keeps going further and that's all we can hope for <laughs> well if you could go back to the beginning of your journey what would you change about how you did things um i think one thing i would change is i would be uh, a lot more patient with others and i would focus more on creating collaboration and joint ventures rather than trying to do everything on my own i think that's one thing that i did uh, early in my career is um i wanted to do everything on my own i wanted to control everything and i wanted to have a word in every single thing rather than delegating trusting people building a team um and now i'm starting to do that a lot more but i i think uh, i should have definitely worked much better with people i think i probably passed on a lot of opportunities uh by you know either not trusting or either thinking that i know better and i can do this better myself i think that mentality um you know of working with others collaboration i think would cause anybody's success to go much more further uh and i think you definitely go further together as a team yeah absolutely i think that's again another a golden nugget i would say because all of us get started by ourselves but then it doesn't take too much to realize actually you cannot be everything to everybody at all times so having some a backup whether whether that's a team or a partnership or a collaboration as you say um i guess would definitely get things much further and faster that's the other thing the speed exactly you know two minds always work better than one two resources always better than one and uh you know everything you can do with one person you can do way better and more efficiently with two or three so i think um you can definitely get there faster quicker and with somebody it's even better mm well when you go about finding partnership is there like a particular process you follow or what kind of things would you look for in a partnership regardless of the opportunity i think um the biggest thing you should look for is opposite talents so if both of you are great at marketing yeah i don't think it's the best idea because you need if somebody's good at marketing and the other person's good at let's say accounting that's great you know now you have complementary skills so that both of you will value each other right accounting is not going to succeed without marketing and marketing is not going to succeed without accounting so you're dependent on each other and you you know appreciate each other's abilities and skills whereas if you both have the same skill you know that could create arguments that could create issues um where you know maybe one person has an ego and he wants to have the say i think different but complementary skills uh is a big you know big thing to look for and then also creating trust you know do you trust the person um do you can you see yourself as a partner is it fun or is it just too businessy or is it too businessy it's not you know fun so you know really complementing um what you want and being able to trust the person again finding a person of integrity those things uh make for a great partner um you know anything else it's 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 a tricky path too being in partnership just realize that 
<laughs> of course. Um, well, what would you say is the number one thing you learned about yourself um, having through, having been through this journey till now? Um, I think one thing I've, I guess, in terms of productivity of what I've learned is deciding the kind of day you want to have in advance. So let's say you, you idealize, okay, tomorrow, here's my perfect day. My perfect day is I wake up at five o'clock, I meditate um, for an hour, and then I go work out for an hour, right? Seven, I have my breakfast, I read a book about 7.30, and then I you know, start working from eight to X, then I go to the beach, and you really script out what your perfect day should be like, and then here's what you do. You pull out your calendar, and you schedule everything. And then tomorrow morning, you wake up, you will have your ideal day. I mean, it's as simple as that. Mm. I like it. That's, that's really, really key. I do something similar to that, um, but I like the way you put it. <laughs> it's really key. For sure. Um, all right. Well, Anmol, it was great having you on this podcast. And I, I love all the things that you shared and uh, sharing um, all the advice and, and about the book. Now, for the folks um, in the audience who want to find out more about you, whether that is trading related or general business related, how can they find you and how can they f- get hold of your book? Sure. So uh, regarding the book, people can find out more about at uh, www.preppingforsuccess.com slash book. Uh, there they can get some free chapters and more information about the book. And uh, you know, should they wish to get a copy, they can get it on Amazon or Barnes and Nobles. Um, apart from that, they want to get in touch with me. The best thing would be either to Twitter or Instagram, uh, where my handle is at Delta 90, all spelled out. It's uh, D-E-L-T-A-N-I-N-E-T-Y. So they can catch me there, direct message me there, and I usually respond back, uh, you know, usually in a day or two. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. It was lovely having you. Thank you. It was great chatting with you. sure to go check out Anmol's book Prepping for Success and also if you are into trading or would like to be a master at it make sure to reach out to him all of Anmol's contact details are on our website in show notes at vindiav.com that is it for today and I hope you had some great epiphanies that would come in handy throughout your journey so until I meet you next time keep at it in your extraordinary journey